I know you were expecting music at this point, but we're not going to give you music at this point. This is episode 194 of the podcast. I am Paul Mitchell. He is Cameron Hobbs, but changes are coming. Cameron, why are we changing? So we've hinted at this on social media. We've been quiet for a couple of weeks. Why are we changing? So what are we changing? First of all, we're changing the name. Um, And we'll come to that in a minute as we introduce this uh, podcast under its new brand. Let's call it that. Part of this is we set up the NFL Scotland podcast in January 2018. I think it was. Um, It was. You, me, and Jamie Borthwick sat in an office in the centre of Edinburgh, uh, and we just thought, let's let's try and do an NFL podcast. At the time, it was obviously a name that allowed people to know what it was, what it was all about, to try and get people interested. However, over time, there's been things that we've wanted to do that having NFL in our name has meant we've not been able to fully do. Um, you know, we want to keep things on the right. What we don't want to be doing is getting in trouble with anyone at the NFL or NFL UK. And therefore, we've erred on the side of caution a couple of opportunities that we've had. So we thought now's the time to sit down and come up with something a little bit different, a little bit of a rebrand that allows us to maybe pursue some of those other opportunities as we continue to grow this podcast. And it's been it's been great so far. Right. We've we've enjoyed doing this. It's been utterly tremendous. I mean, I, I remember our initial meetings. I'm saying, you know, if, if we get 250 Twitter followers, we'll be lucky. Uh, you know, I mean, I can't remember. We're closer to 5,000 now. You know, if we get 10, 20 downloads, you know, we'd be lucky. You know, I mean, we're into the hundreds every week. So it, it has been terrific and we want it to grow. What we don't want is we don't want people to think we're changing for change's sake. This has been carefully thought out by everybody on the NFL Scotland podcast team. And uh, we've all come up with something just a little bit new. It's exciting. It gives us a chance to take the podcast forward, which I think we've been very, very keen to do and will continue to do. Yeah, so keep an eye out. You'll obviously hear the new name in just a minute. There's a new logo. I think for me as well, we all sat down at the end of the season and we all settled some burger bets. Uh, and we this is something that I brought up and, Across the sort of core six of us, so we're talking, you know, ourselves, Gordon and Charles, Jamie and Ian, it was pretty unanimous. And actually, I thought when I brought this up in conversation, it might be quite a hot topic. It might split the audience, split the crowd. It might be difficult to land on something that everyone agreed with. But genuinely, I think that the name came up really quickly. The 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 logo even was something that we all pretty much agreed on pretty quickly. Um, uh, and we'll get round to thanking the people that helped us create this as well. Um, you know, Mikey's done us an amazing design. Mikey's done stuff for us previously, but we went back to him and said, hey, is this something you could help us with? And he he gladly did. You know, that's something that he enjoyed doing. So, you know, we thank him for that. And we just hope that people continue to enjoy it. So, Paul, let's enough of the chit chat. We did do the music at the top. Let's hit the music now. Welcome to the first ever episode of Stramash, the Scottish NFL podcast. It's a new name, it's a new season, but it's the same people and the same old pish. You will not be disappointed because with me, as ever, Paul Mitchell, Gordon McGuinness, Charles Patterson. Good evening, gents. We're here to talk about the new NFL season because we're all bloody excited, right? 
But some people can hear you without actually listening on a device, I'm sure, <laughs> which, which is brilliant. We, we love your enthusiasm, as always. But yeah, we're just, what, less than five weeks away from, from the action. Fantastic. Happy summer, boys. Have you had a good one? Downtime? It's been Not thinking about the we, NFL? No, we've been busy. We've been busy planning, coming up with slightly tweaked variations of the podcast. Um, I actually, I, let's start with this. I actually sat and watched the... Hall of Fame game. Did it in, in four. I did it in N forty. I did it in N forty. Why? Because <laughs> I've been denied for so long. You know, it's just. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be brutally honest here. I have not seen a second of that game. <laughs> I didn't I even ever... know it. I, I didn't even know it happened until somebody pointed out that it had happened and that the Jaguars were involved. <laughs> very, I, I'm very. Yeah. Very I, glad. So I've been. No, Sorry, too busy at the Commonwealth Games, Gordon. I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea who played in it, let alone anything else. <laughs> Jaguars, Raiders, none of the... Well, that's not true. Trayvon Walker played. I did see highlight clips on Twitter and he got his first sack. I just... Pre-season especially now, they've gone down to three games. There's even less of the players you want to see. The Chargers head coach has already said Justin Herbert's never played a preseason snap in his career and he's not going to start um, this, this season. So... We just don't get to see enough of the players. Like I like, I like seeing some of the kind of lower down the roster guys, but when it's just like one single game like that, it's tough to get. It's, it's tough phone, to get too fired up. It's the phony war. No one cares about the phony war. It all kicks off in September. Just enjoy the sunshine while it's still out here, and then when we uh, dive into September, you wait. The weather will get crap. It'll start to snow, and then everything's good. Then we've got the NFL season around the corner. <laughs> That's the way to go. Now, we will have information later on in this podcast about what we've got planned for the coming weeks. Of course, everyone will be asking, and we've already been sharing, that we will be doing something for week one. But more of that to come. However, you know, the season is upon us. We're just a matter of weeks away. So we thought we would start off by having a little bit of a preview on each of the divisions. This evening, we'll be starting, of course, in the north because it's the most natural place to start. And as we get closer to the season, we'll, we'll manage to get through all of the divisions this evening. Let's start with the AFC North, first of all, and I'm going to take us through this one. Let's get the elephant in the room out the way. First of all, we are going to assume for the purposes of this that Deshaun Watson is suspended for the full season. At the time of recording, that has not yet been confirmed. Rather than talk about the if spots, maybe it's rights or wrongs of the situation, which we've covered numerous times and has been well and truly Done to death on social media. We're not going to add anything necessarily there. Let's talk about what's going to happen on the field. And gentlemen, obviously, the Cincinnati Bengals, the only team not from the West to make it down to the Final Four. Obviously, the runners-up in the Super Bowl. However, uh, fit again, Lamar Jackson will be leading the Ravens. Kenny Pickett will be throwing to Pickens or he'll be throwing picks. One way or another, there's going to be plenty of peas in Pittsburgh. Uh, and then, of course, the Browns will need to spend at least some of the season without Deshaun Watson. So you've got to question how viable they are as a contender. What are the key talking points? Is it the Bengals repeat or, Gordon, is it a fit again Ravens? Is there enough there for them to take their position back as the top seed in that division? I, I think it's definitely down to the two of those. Like, I, you know, at this point, the, the official thing we know about Deshaun Watson, he's suspended at least six games. It's almost definitely going to be more. So six games, I think they could potentially survive and be in the race. When it's more than that, I don't think it will be. Uh, the Steelers, I don't think, are going to be at the races this year. Um, at which point, it's the Ravens and the Bengals. At which point, 
Charles is waving frantically. Am I gonna am I gonna actually finally on this podcast get to be the person who's negative about the Steelers when other people aren't? No, I'm not, I'm not I don't want to be negative about the Steelers. I just want to point out, which you've pointed at many, many times before, that under Mike Tomlin, they've never been under five hundred, which basically means they're in with a shout. And I think I, um, I don't think I don't think they're in with a shout though, because like I don't think I don't think around five hundred wins this division. No, I don't think so. But I think the problem is that they cause all manner of problems for the other three teams in the division because it's this down and dirty AFC North, and it always has been. And yep. we don't know whether it's going to be Kenny Pickett, um, Kenny Pickett or not. It could well be Mitchell Trubisky, which I would piss myself about with laughter. But apparently, Pickett's been like the third stringer so far in training. Yeah, games. that's so, that's not that's not looking great. We don't. I, th- I think what you say is right. I think it is the Ravens and the Bengals that are one of those two is going to probably win the division. But it would not surprise me at all to see the Steelers in the mix because they've got Tomlin and because they have a, you know, they've got TJ Watt on their defense. They've got a decent, they've got decent people in certain areas. They've got Najee Harris who took ridiculous number of, uh, of touches last year. I, I would never want to rule Pittsburgh out. The Browns seem to me to be enveloped in chaos. And until they can get past that, I can't see them as a viable contender to win the, the division. But they've got pieces there that can blow teams out of the water on any given day. I think on paper, it's the most difficult division in the entire NFL. I think. I can't see a bad team in the four. I think the problem that we fo- is that we focus on the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh and we think they're going to be duds. I don't believe that that's going to be the case. And that is not me sticking up for Johnny. <laughs> I, I think you're looking at things. I mean, everybody's got great running backs. The Ravens, I mean, my, my problem with the Ravens, and it'd be interesting to get Gordon's thoughts on this, is that the rushing for Lamar Jackson, he breaks fewer tackles now, he runs for fewer yards. You know, have people got wise to that? Is he going to have to come out and try and pass a little bit more? I still like their D. I think they'll be strong with with people coming back. The Bengals, there's always a hangover. Um, there really is. The Steelers, say, could be one of three quarterbacks. I think, you know, let me say, I don't think we'll see much of Kenny Pickett. I think if they're having a bad season, they'll leave him alone for as long as they possibly can because you don't want to get tainted. And I think, I mean, Cameron, you brush over the, the Deshaun Watson story, and I'm not going to go into it, apart from to say this could be a bigger story at the bottom line, bigger than Deshaun Watson, because this is now the NFL against the Players Association. And that, I think, could become a bigger story. It was a federal judge who was appointed to make rulings, and the NFL have decided to appeal this because they don't like it. This, I think, will cause problems later on down the line as well. But to my original thing, Gordon, you know, is Lamar Jackson potentially going backwards in terms of rushing, and will he have to throw more? He's not going backwards in terms of rushing. Um the offensive line was a complete mess last year. So there is still question marks this year in terms of is Ronnie Stanley going to be back at left tackle? There appears to be like a little bit of an injury issue with Taylor Linderbaum, the guy they took in the first round at centre. Uh, but even with that, they've got way more contingency on the offensive line than they had last year. They've got Morgan Moses, who's going to play right tackle, who's straight away an upgrade over what they had last year. Um, they've got a couple of options that can step in at left tackle, and I don't think they'd be great, but they're going to be better than Villanueva was last year. The interior offensive line, I think, is going to be better. They they will run the ball better, and they still they were still like the second or third best running team in the NFL last year, even with Lamar missing like six games or whatever it was. They'll still run the ball really well. I think they're going to throw the ball better, because I think Rashad Bateman's really good, going to be a really good player. 
And when everyone talks about the Ravens' weapons and their lack thereof, they forget that they have second-best receiving tight end in the NFL, third to absolute worst. He, that's their wide receiver one. And Rashad Bateman's more than capable as a number two. Is he signing a new contract? Yes. Yeah. He will. Yeah. He, he's, Does he need to before the season starts? No. And, no. and, if, I, and if I was him, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't are, either. <laughs> the, the, the odds on him getting hurt are very slim. Like he can he can play next season on the franchise tag if he wants. They could tag him again after that, and then after that they can't. If I was him, I would sit and wait until I'm a fifty million a year player, and or or, or they go the Browns the Sean Watson contract route and fully guaranteed. Cameron, do me a favor, clip up that bit where he said the odds of him getting hurt are very very slim. <laughs> and then we could play that in November when something bad happens and Miles Garrett throws them all over the place. <laughs> oh, good luck, Lamar. I, I might, I might the, have just jinxed him. You, you might have done. But in terms of, I, I read something recently saying it's the strongest division for running backs, mixing of the Bengals, Chubb and Hunt, whether he stays at Cleveland or not, Najee Harris at Pittsburgh. But the Ravens, Dobbins, Edwards and Davis, they've got a great variety of a punch available to them and that that to me helps Lamar Jackson because it takes the pressure off him and the Dobbins thing's really good because he was just cleared today from the the PUP list or the pop list whatever we're calling it these days because both Dobbins and Edwards missed last year um with season ending injuries so uh that I think that makes a big difference because he's the guy who can you know have kind of breakaway runs and turn those 10 yard gains into 20 and 30 which is what they didn't have at running back last year just, I'm going to slightly cross the the streams here of the two divisions we're going to talk about. We talked about the fact that the this is obviously a very tight division. The Steelers, I think, get a lot more credit because they've been so consistent for so long. But by the 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 bookies' odds, the chances of the Steelers winning their divisions is exactly the same as the chances of the Bears winning theirs, which suggests to me that this isn't really uh, going to be. A competitive division. And I think that by the very nature of the style of football that's played in this, typically teams will take points off each other. But I just, yeah, for me, the biggest question coming out of Pittsburgh is going to be who the starting quarterback is. And and I think from what you're saying there, Gordon, you know, that is a big open question. Will Pickens come in and do anything or... Not Pickens, Pickett. See, I'm already getting confused. I confused myself with all my piece at the top. I mean, I mean, if the season started today, Mason Rudolph, their starting quarterback. And oh. Mason, Mason Rudolph is not. Oh, he's garbage. He is garbage. So, the, so their options, their options are, and like, and the tough thing for Pittsburgh. Realistically, if you're them, you should go into this season and feel free to clip this up and then ruin my life in February. The Steelers aren't winning the Super Bowl. Like, let's not let's not kid ourselves on which point just start Kenny Pickett for 17 games and you're probably in a better position next year. You've probably got a higher draft pick because you've lost a couple of games with your inexperienced quarterback. You learn a little bit more about him. Instead, what we'll probably get is seven to eight games of Trubisky and uh, Mason Rudolph followed by a little bit of Kenny Pickett at the end of the season. It's, it strikes me as a similar situation, not dissimilar, a, a similar situation to what the Patriots had with Mac Jones last year because Mac Jones was picked, what, 15? He was the fifth quarterback off the board and Belichick just, he, he, you know, he managed to massage the whole situation to the point whereby they got to the playoffs. Now, they were never going to win the Super Bowl, but they had a good enough all-round 
you know, team building skill set and they were able to maximize Mac Jones's limitations in his first year. I can see Pittsburgh doing the same thing because of what Tomlin brings as a coach and because of the fact he's got guys like TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. I don't see any reason why they can't be one of the best defenses in the league. And if you're doing that, then perhaps all you need to do is score 17 points in a game and you're going to win half your games. So I, I see similarities there. The problem is, is that in the, in the rest of the division, there are three on paper, decent teams, whereas the Patriots only had one other team really to worry about last year. That's the problem. See, I think what we'll see is I think you'll see Mason Rudolph get a lot of the snaps in the, in the preseason games. I think, it's Trubisky's job. I don't think you're going to get anything from Rudolph that you've not got before. And I think Trubisky is the project that they're trying to rehabilitate. I think he starts on opening day and we'll see Rudolph and not pick it. I don't think we'll see a lot of picket pre-season either. I think you'll see an awful lot of work from Mason Rudolph. So there is obviously the, the situation with the Browns where it could be Jacoby Brissett starts. There's the situation in Pittsburgh um, that we've discussed. We've talked about the injuries and how much the Ravens could bounce back from that. The one team that's not come up yet at all is the Bengals. Now, I guess the question here is, can they repeat the great form? We hear so much about the sophomore slump. Jamar Chase was fundamental in the success that the Bengals had. Do we think there's a sophomore slump coming? Does that see the Bengals take a step back? Or do we think that they've added enough pieces in NFL free agency and through the draft to have another go at this again. The tough thing for the Bengals, so it, the Bengals winning this division this season would not remotely surprise me. Joe Burrow was great last year. Jamar Chase was great. Very, there's a very high probability that they have the best receiving trio in the NFL in Chase, Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. The problem you have a little bit with the Bengals is the disadvantage they have against the Ravens to start the year is that the Ravens play a fourth-place schedule and the Bengals play a first-place schedule. It means the Ravens avoid the Chiefs. Um, you know, in the AFC West, avoiding the Chiefs, you still are winding up with a team that, you know, who was who was fourth? It was Broncos the fourth last year, so you still get a good team, but you would still, you would you would play the Broncos over the, over the Chiefs at this point. So that's where the tough part is for the Bengals. But the Bengals team that we saw in the final few weeks and the playoffs last year, are absolutely good enough to go up against a tough schedule and win, you know? I think the problem with their schedule is that four out of their six first games are on the road. You know, and I don't think that helps anyone. It, it, I find it bizarre that we cannot schedule home and away properly in the NFL a little bit better than they're trying to do. I mean, Pittsburgh to start, you go to Dallas, you go to the Jets, you've got Miami at home, but then you've got Baltimore and New Orleans on the road. I think that's a hard start. I think the one thing, that perhaps, I don't know whether you agree or not, the one thing that I didn't think got enough credit from the Bengals last year was Zach Taylor. I think he got overlooked almost. He was almost like the invisible man. I mean, if you take the Super Bowl, everything was on the Rams and Sean McVay and how cool he is and, you know, wonderful and all that kind of thing. I think Zach Taylor didn't get enough credit for what he did last year. If, I, you, look, if you look at the... Um, if you look, Yeah, I think you're right in terms of Zach Taylor. I think there's no doubt about it. But you're just going back to the point I've been made about the schedule. <laughs> the Ravens start against the Jets and the Dolphins. It's just an absolute, it's two gimmies sitting right there. Oh, on I'm paper. sorry. I'm sorry. We finished. We were the last place team in the division last year. Yeah, exactly. It's two. But I don't know. I'm just yeah, this, talking this up. Is, you're talking this, up your team. This Don't is worry. Why, this Trying is to help, why, help this you is, here. 
You get this the Giants why, too. They're pish. This is this is why <laughs> this is why I said I wanted them to lose that last game of the season. Tanking for <laughs> fourth place schedules. Got, you got get the Panthers and the Jaguars as well, and the Falcons. Yeah, absolute sir. Ravens for the division. You can put it down there now. And then when they don't win, there's no excuses. Here, here's the here's the one Bengals thing that I'm most interested to see this year. Everything's been made about how they've gone out and they've improved this offensive line. The offensive line got Burrow killed his rookie year. The offensive line got Burrow killed last year, even though they went in the Super Bowl. And there is relatively strong evidence that says that sack numbers are far more tied to the quarterback than they are the offensive line because it's down to getting rid of the ball and things like that. Joe Burrow last year is probably the one thing he didn't do well. And I think he got a little bit better as the season went on, but he hangs onto the ball a lot when he shouldn't. And that would be my biggest worry for the Bengals is they've invested in that offensive line this year. If Joe Burrow still applies to, tries to play hero ball at times, he, he might get hurt. Or, you know, those sacks cost them points and cost them games. Yeah, I think you're right. It's interesting. There's been a lot made about the offensive line for so long. They have invested there. You're right. I think Burrow needs to learn to release the ball quicker. The impact, though, off that offensive line, you only need to look at the Super Bowl and the Chiefs to see the impact. And, you know, Mahomes definitely suffered because his usual guys weren't there, meaning he didn't get the time. That offensive line is going to have to gel quickly, though. You know, they are up against um, the Steelers week one, which means that there's going to be some solid defense coming at them. Right away, they're going to be tested. Uh, especially because it's intra-division. So in at the deep end, let's see what they can do. Be interesting to see if any of them play preseason games as they try and build some kind of relationship on the field together. You'd like to think, even out for a quarter, go out there and protect whichever quarterback it is that's going to be standing behind you, who's second, Brandon Allen or Jake Browning or Drew Pitt or whoever it is that's in the depth chart at the Bengals. Um but I think that, you know, the, that was the criticism that was thrown at Cincinnati a lot, was that offensive line's a problem. They're going to break Joe Burrow. Well, they've addressed it. They have addressed that. Have they done enough? And is it going to be enough to stop him getting broken? For me, that's one of the biggest talking points of the Bengals. It's not just about can they repeat. Is that offensive line what the missing piece was? So fascinating either way. Um, I think no matter what we get out of this, this is going to be a fascinating division. And there's going to be, it's one where all of the games of the teams against each other remains highly relevant because of the way that the teams are built on both sides of the ball. There is a lot of talent here. There is a lot of uh, battling in the trenches. There's no dud teams. No No dud teams. No. There's nobody that you're just writing off completely from the postseason. There's a big, massive question mark over the Browns and the Steelers. But, you know, there's you're not writing either off. There's no way. Do, do you know it's and I don't want to talk about Deshaun Watson at all. Um, but ultimately, if he doesn't, if he doesn't get banned for the season, if he appears in October or November, then he instantly becomes, in my view, the best quarterback in the division on in terms of talent. Now we saw what Burrow did last year, but Watson's done it consecutive years, and I would regard him as a more reliable quarterback option long-term than Lamar. So what does that do to the whole psyche of the division and in terms of the psyche of the Browns? You have to imagine if he does come back mid-season, they are going to get a huge boost, a lift, because as much as all the transgressions and the the whole nonsense around the storyline is incredibly, you know, distasteful, once he starts winning games, it's going to get swept to the side because that's how it works in professional sport. And you do wonder whether they will hit hit him roll of momentum. We have not seen him for, what, two years? 
So who knows what it, kind of player is going to come back? So it's, re- it's a really good roster as well. Like, yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to put personal feelings aside on it and just focus on the fact that if they have strong quarterback play, but let's say that because let's say there's a couple of different ways the Browns get strong quarterback play. Maybe Jacoby Brissett comes in and surprises everyone. Maybe they get Deshaun Watson back and, you know, all those things. That's a really good roster outside of a huge question mark at quarterback right now. So they're absolutely a threat to win the division. Um, if, if that, you know, if that position is fixed. And the Kareem Hunt wanting away thing, is that anything other than just contract chat? He wants a new deal, right? That's he cl- he's clearly, he clearly absolutely is com- totally disapproving of the conduct of his new teammate. I mean, he would never <laughs> do anything like that. I think there's a Debo Samuel play. I um, think you've seen Debo Samuel do a, I want to trade and suddenly Debo's got a big old contract. I, I think he's realized, so they, they re-signed Nick Chubb. So the Browns are not re-signing Kareem Hunt next offseason. They, there's too much money invested in the running back position there. Um, at which point, his option is try and force a trade now. You get a nice new contract with, with the team who's trading for you because that happens more often than not. And you don't then have another year of tread on the tires before you hit free agency because as a running back, people don't pay all the running backs. Indeed. Okay. Uh, we'll very quickly go round. We'll not do a full one through four. All I'm going to ask you for to wrap this bit up is who for you is winning the AFC North. So as the homer, Gordon, you can kick us off with this one. The Ravens are winning. The Ravens, okay. Charles. Hmm. Ravens. <laughs> Definitely Eight. the Ravens. <laughs> you, yeah. Obviously, this doesn't come across. I can't get out of my throat. The Ravens. <laughs> this doesn't come across on the podcast, but Charles genuinely choked <laughs> as he was saying that. Choked, was... <laughs> choked on his words. Uh, Paul, who have you got? I thought, right, I think it'll be the Ravens, but I'll go somewhere different. I think the Browns, if they get Deshaun Watson back after week six, win the division. Yeah, I don't even know that they'll, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm going go Ravens. like a lead balloon. I'm going Ravens as well. I think that there's a lot of healthy pieces back um, and there's enough there. And we've not even talked about it. This is a Scottish NFL podcast. Oh, Jabo has signed his rookie contract. The last rookie to do so, but they weren't in any great rush, were they? Because he wasn't going to see the field for a couple of weeks. It allowed the Ravens to sort out some of the other contract stuff. Supplementary question here. When do you think we see Ojabo back on the field this year? Week 11 after the bye week. Right, okay. I've got him about week seven. I think week seven, I think he could be back and contributing at some stage um, of the game at that point. Depends how many injuries they have compared to last season. <laughs> he, might, he, might, he might be playing uh, right guard by the time we get to week seven if things go badly. You never know. If I'm, if I'm stuck to vibes only from week 11 onwards, I'm going to be upset. It was not, it was not an enjoyable season last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That is the AFC North. So that leads us nicely to the NFC North. We've done a separate spin-off podcast where Charles talks about the Packers for two and a half hours without stopping. Uh, you can pick that up on any podcast provider. Charles, just if you want to summarise what you spoke about on that podcast. Uh, I did I did send you from the USA. Um, I think it was in a shop and I saw some great Packers jerseys and stuff like that. The hype. The hype's ready. The, the serious question is, can anybody stop the Packers? 
the, the serious question is how excited am I about watching them in the flesh uh, in London? That's the serious question. That's going to be so cool. What, having the having Green Bay on the road uh, out the side of the United States for the first time ever. Um, and if you've got your ticket and you're listening to this and you're lucky enough to be going, enjoy it because it'll probably be the last time Aaron Rodgers uh, is in the flesh in the United Kingdom. First and last time. Um, uh, can anyone stop them? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think it's probably only Minnesota, but there's absolutely no reason why the Vikings, if they play to their potential, cannot challenge for the division. Um, I still think it's Green Bay's division to lose. I mean, we can talk about Adams leaving and how that affects Green Bay shortly, but if we, why do we look at the pretenders who are, you know, I don't think the Lions are there yet. They're clearly an improving team. Chicago, I could do an, an entire podcast, Paul, on the uselessness of that franchise and how they seem to be only getting worse rather than better. Um, I'd love to see them on hard knocks rather than the Lions, to be honest, because I think there's much more going on in <laughs> in Chicago. Um, but the Vikings, I think, are viable, absolutely viable. There was a there's a um, a theory that they are the the epitome of an average NFL team. They're not too bad, but they're not that great. And I kind of get that, but they've got quite a lot of talent. So if the Vikings win in the first game of the season against Green Bay in Min- Minneapolis then they're you know, off to a good start and then you can see them potentially building a bit of momentum. So, you know, you, nothing's a given at all. Nothing is a given. I quite I like the, uh, the idea of Lions on hard knocks. I think they'll be very, mm. very entertaining. I think they're going to be fun. Yeah. And I think that's what we're yeah. looking for. I mean... That's all they are. It's fun. <laughs> they're just yeah, not very good. <laughs> we stick on hard knocks for a moment. Anybody else just find it slightly tedious over the last couple of seasons? It's felt very contrived over the last couple of seasons. And I think as soon as you uh, taking shots at teams already in other divisions, as soon as you go to Dallas, you're never going to see really what's going on behind the curtain in Dallas. It's too, it's a controlled message as soon as it comes out of there. And I think it's interesting, you know, the two teams that you talk about there, the Lions and the Bears, would both be fascinating on Hard Knocks, but for very different reasons. Because the Lions, it's about the hype train and getting on board with a team that's on the up, that's going through the changes, that's developing, that's trying to do things a bit differently, that's trying to take a step forward. Versus the Bears, where it would be fascinating because it's such a dumpster fire on the outside, um, that it's captivating viewing just because, oh my God, what absolute ball baggery is going to happen this week? So, you know, both entertaining for different reasons, I would actually quite like them to follow the Bears during the season, like when they kind of do that in season one. Um, let's follow the Bears for a couple of weeks and see what's going on behind the, you know, behind the scenes. Let's see how bad it truly is, because it does. You're right. You know, as Charles says, they are. You're bang on, Charles. That's what I'm, absolute shambles of a franchise they seem to be. I, you, know, you look at their cap number and you're like, where the hell are they spending it? I can't imagine. It's just wild, absolutely wild. So it's a fascinating division. For me, the question I want to ask Charles is how much of a step back do the Packers take with Adams going? How much does it narrow the gap between them and the Vikings when it all lays out at the end of the season? You know, do you, obviously, number one seed overall last year, where does that lie this time around? I, I still see them winning 10, 11 games. I mean, they've won 12 games three seasons in a row. I still see them winning 10, 11 games, maybe 12. Um, I think the, the, it's all on the Vikings, ultimately. I don't think the pre, the, there's no pressure on Green Bay. There's nothing that pr- to prove there, really. The, the whole context around 
Adams leaving is is absolutely viable. But at the same time, you look at great quarterbacks who ultimately the best of the best lift the people around them to play better. And that is what Aaron Rodgers, I would expect, will do. He will lift the receivers, the team around him, the offense around him to just an extra level. That's what I am expecting. That's what Brady did for years uh, in New England without a real number one receiver. The only time Brady had ever had a number one receiver was Randy Moss. A viable, absolute cast iron number one receiver. The rest of it, it was the sum of parts. And look at what he did over the years. Green Bay have consistently performed year in, year out under Rodgers when he's had a good receiver or a great receiver. They've, they've drafted Christian Watson, second round. We wait to see what he produces. The one who's been lighting it up in the preseason and practices is um, their fourth round pick, uh, Romeo Dubs or Dubs or however you want to call him. And apparently he's an absolute monster. So I'll be fascinated to see him come the start of the season. But it's going to, in my view, change the way in which the Packers play on offense. I think Matt LaFleur ultimately is a disciple of Kyle Shanahan's offense. And that's the way that he wants the Green Bay offense to run long term when Rodgers is gone and whilst Rodgers is here. And I think there's going to be an offense that operates in that zone. And it means that Rodgers is not going to necessarily be zeroing in on one target. And I think that that can only be a good thing. And that was why they didn't beat San Francisco because he was only obsessed with one receiver. Now he's got to throw to four or five, six different guys. So I, I, I thought you lost to San Francisco because you just couldn't punt the ball without. Well, there was that too, but yeah. I, <laughs> I think I think Romeo Dubs is going to be uh, like a real sleeper candidate to be offensive rookie of the year. He's really good in college. And as much as everything's made, and obviously the Packers didn't go out and get a first round wide receiver, but Christian Watson was a good pick. Romeo Dubs was a good pick. Aaron Jones might get more work split out, split out in the slot and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff that I think could go right for that Packers offense and. The defense is really good. So defense is really good on paper. I, it's amazing. I think the Vikings have a chance because I think Kevin O'Connell's going to scheme up things um, pretty well for them. You know, Dalvin Cook is really good. They obviously have one of, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL, and Justin Jefferson. So there's a there's a ton of stuff that's reasons to be optimistic there. It's really tough to pick against the Packers in this division. I, I look at that Green Bay defense, and I I've lost count. But I think by the last time I counted, there were seven or possibly eight first-round picks in that defense. You're talking Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, um, the, the two guys that they landed from Georgia this year, both defense, um, Kenny Clark. That is an absolutely stacked roster at defense. Rashawn Gary. I mean, they let, they let, they let Zadarius Smith go to Minnesota, hilariously. So that could be awkward in week one. But they have got it absolutely loaded up on defense. And it's it's almost like everything that's happened to them against San Francisco in the last two or three years, if you cannot beat them, be like them, join them, make them big, make them nasty, run the ball. And that's where you're meant to do it in the cold in the North. So I, I and uh, the bonus is they've got a really good quarterback who's the last, he's the last two years he's been the MVP. I don't see Rogers' numbers decreasing drastically at all I don't see his talent decreasing or his arm fading especially so, especially not now when he's ascended to a different mental plane right Panchakarma all, all, love all, it all, all joking about that aside not even Panchakarma it's now the 
Aya Ushka or something like that, the magic <laughs> mushrooms he's had. I tell you what, though, I read Football Morning in America with Peter King today. And as much as we like to take the piss out of Aaron Rodgers, it was really quite eloquently said. He was talking about how, you know, you know, without the kind of, I was tripping balls and that's helped me get to, you know, a really good spot mentally. He said a lot of things about how this has helped him, you know, focus on things that matter and kind of focus his stuff. He's saying that, you know, the last couple of years, he's really fallen in love with football again. Like, it's all stuff that we, we spend a lot of time talking about how men don't talk enough about their mental health and stuff like that. You know, okay, there's some jokes and stuff to be had. There's a lot of positive stuff in what he's saying, potentially with some nonsense alongside it. Caveats. There's some no, caveats. It's a good It's a good yeah. message. It's just a few of the destinations on the way there. Let, a little bit crazy. Yeah. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. You, you're all still obsessed with him, and the world will be a very, very dull place without him. And Cameron, I know for a fact that if you grew your hair that a little bit longer, you would look exactly like Cameron Poe, which is exactly what Aaron Rodgers wants you to look like. I look like a fat Cameron Poe. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the most ridiculous conversation since Paul told us he looks like Tom Cruise. <laughs> no, 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 you got that wrong. Tom Cruise says he looks like me, but that's, that, that, that's just the way that goes. Let's talk about Chicago for a moment, because we have to... We're, we're obliged yeah. to do so. Some people are talking that this could be their worst season in years. Some people are talking about they're not a contender. Some experts are predicting them to be one of the worst teams, never mind in the NFC, in the NFL completely. Is is that possible? Are they that bad? Yes. Well, so if you want to set up, if you want to figure out if you have a long-term option at quarterback in Justin Fields, there are few worse things you could do than what the Bears have done this offseason. What what have they put around him? To Even some of the players they have tried, which weren't you know big options. Byron Pringle, they brought him in. Uh, the player they traded, for Nikhil Harry from the Patriots. Both of them are hurt. The offensive line isn't good. Like what what is what gives you any faith that you're going to see? You know, we talk about quarterbacks elevating those around them, but young quarterbacks need some kind of support system around them, and I I just don't see what that support system is for for Justin Fields. Well, I mean, you you talk about this. I mean, they tried to bring in wide receivers, so they got Pringle, Moore, and St. Brown. Pringle was arrested in April, uh, charges of driving with a suspended license, reckless driving. Anybody know what he was doing while he was recklessly driving? Anybody see that story? No. He was doing donuts on the road. So, <laughs> on honestly, honestly road. the way you sold that, though, they're like, donuts is a plus, because I thought that was going down a very, very bad <laughs> I was hoping to see where, where it would take you. And Moore was arrested on July the 4th on drugs and weapons charges. It's hard to be a good franchise all the time. But, Charles, I mean, they are Classy supposed to have... Yeah, they're supposed <laughs> to have people that evaluate all this stuff. So, you know, it looks to me like they said they've got the talent that might cause us a problem. And lo and behold, before you even get into August, you know, two out of the three, you know, are causing you an issue. Well, if you don't do your due diligence on players and know that they like donuts, uh, whether they're dunking or driving then that's your own fault but there's a new head coach there and he's already been undermined so i mean if they if they fall to something catastrophic and then are in line for the number one pick with the quarterback class coming up where does that leave justin fields oh dear 
And I mean, Darnell Mooney's a really good receiver, but I think he could be slightly isolated. He's probably a great fantasy shout this year because he's going to be targeted thousands of times. So, yeah. um, <laughs> it's uh, Nikhil Harry, of course, as well. They went and traded for, and he injured himself. Is probably going to spend a considerable amount of time on the sidelines as well. It's wild. Uh, we will keep the who's going to be the number one pick this season or next year for another conversation as we get closer to the season, as we focus more on the this division itself. But they're definitely in there as a shout, right? And I think we'll we'll dig into that a little bit more. One quick question before we pick our winners is about the Lions. We talked about them probably taking a step forward. How much of a step forward can they take? You know, there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of young talent. Like, what's the realistic ceiling for the Lions this year. How much of that as well depends on Aiden Hutchison being the player that he was at college and being the player that they anticipate he's going to be. The five seed is their ceiling this year. They're not going to win the division. Which point? Can they be the one of the three wildcard teams? Yeah. The NFC was very top-heavy again last, last year. Don't think there's a whole lot to say. It's not necessarily going to be the same again this year. I don't even necessarily think Aiden Hutchinson has to be great, but if they get stable quarterback play out of Jared Goff, which I think is a relatively huge question, you know, their range of outcomes is anything from top five pick to sneaking into the playoffs. I mean, they've got the Giants, they've got the Jets, they've got the Jaguars, they've got the Panthers, they've got the Bears twice. All those games are winnable. You've got the, you know, you've got the Dolphins and the Seahawks as well. I mean, and Washington. So, I would say if you win three quarters of those games, you're pushing 500. And then and it, who's to say that a nine and eight team doesn't get in in the NFC? I think it's viable, but they have to stop the Lions. They have to get out of this cycle and this culture of being plucky underdogs, like losing to 79 million yard field goals and things like that. They've got to actually go out there and have a little bit of teeth and be proper Lions rather than pussycats. There is a little bit of buzz about the place. They got great crowds for their open, you know, training camp, you know, at Ford Field the other day. You know, there is a buzz. My only concern is for their opponents. If last year Dan Campbell was aiming to bite their kneecaps and he's looking to go higher this year, I'd be worried. Indeed. (laughs) Let's stick to the donuts. Um, So pick our winners then, because Charles, we know that you need to drop because you've got... Other podcast duties. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do. Uh, Charles' podcast passes some dirty there. I'm just in demand. No, I'm um, not. I'm just moving to a higher plane, Cameron. <laughs> higher plane. I, sorry, I don't mind socializing with you, but um, plenty of things to do. If you like your rugby league, go and download it. Um, Green Bay for me. I, I can't see Minnesota winning 11 games. I could see them challenging, but Green Bay. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it will come down to be, Green Bay will just be more consistent, I suspect, than Minnesota. I think if Minnesota can split their games with Green Bay, they've got a real chance. They can't afford to lose both. They lose both, they're done. I think our, our listeners are going to be really disappointed with the season opener in this podcast. So both me and Charles are picking our respective teams. It's very tough to see past the Packers. It is very tough to see past the Packers, and I'm going to stick with them as well. And it's because of Rodgers, because he can get that team to win with or without Devontae Adams. So um, I think they take a bit of a step back, and I think that they, they don't get the number one seed overall in the NFC. But the NFC is so poor, um, 
there's no real team. You know, the Buccaneers are probably lined up. We'll get to that one uh, later on. But there's nobody else really set up for success. So uh, I think it's an interesting one. There'll be a high seed. Um, they'll still lose to the 49ers in the playoffs. Uh, but do you know what? The division's theirs. <laughs> I, I'm being gesticulated that wildly. That doesn't work on podcasts either. <laughs> Quite right. That's why we need to start videoing it. So we can see what really goes on behind the scenes. <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's our in-depth in High brows over the NFC North. So, Paul, it's that time of the year again where we're getting ready to kick off the season. And once again, we are going to be doing our week one live event. We don't have information to fully detail out as we record this. We're just dotting some I's and crossing some T's. Hope to have tickets available very, very soon. But as ever, it's great to get together for week one, get NFL fans in a room to to watch the games together, watch Red Zone. Scott Hansen back in our lives. What more do you want? Life is good. And if you come to the live event, you will see my brand new NFL jersey in which I invested a small fortune with the emphasis on small uh, when I was away in the States. Is that a Jameis Winston top? Uh, not a chance. Damn it! Not a chance. <laughs> Yeah, do come along. We're still, like I say, finalising the details. The one thing that is guaranteed, though, is it will be a laugh. We'll have loads of prizes to give away. Um, and it's a great opportunity to get together with a, in a pub full of like-minded NFL fans where you're guaranteed that the NFL is front and centre. You know, I, we hear it a lot. We hear that people go to bars and sometimes it'll be on a small screen in the back, but the sound's not on. You know, sometimes it's another game's playing or or they won't show the start of um, Red Zone because the Premiership's on. Well, that's not going to happen. It is dedicated and focused week one. It's all about the NFL. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. So we can't wait to do that. So there's that. The one other bit of news that we can share tonight as well, and there will be more of this to come, but, you know, we have said that we're, you know, it's the NFL Scotland podcast. We did 190 odd episodes of that. We've got the new name. We've talked about this already, why we're doing that. But the one thing that we're really pleased that we're definitely carrying over is our relationship with Loch Lomond Whiskies. So once again, Loch Lomond Whiskies will be partnering with us in this ongoing relationship. And this year, we're going to have another exclusive bottling available for you. There'll be some given away. There'll be some given away at our week one event. So, you know, make sure that you come along just for that opportunity. We will be giving bottles away, but we're also going to give you the opportunity to buy one of these very limited edition bottles as well this year. So, you know, we that's a question that we asked a lot last season. So we've heard, we want to make changes. And again, we're always looking for your opinions. So, you know, continue to follow us on the social media channels at Scotland NFL um, and, and tell us what you want us to do. You know, we're very open to this. Uh, someone got in touch to say that we talk about too much Packers. So that's why we decided, you know, well, that was all a ruse. Charles has got nothing better to do. We've just kicked him off the show because he'd reached his quota for the night. The sand on the next timer had ran out, so he's gone. Um, but yeah, it, it, great to have Loch Lomond back involved again, Paul. It is. I mean, they're a fantastic sponsor. And as I say, we look forward to, to people getting the chance to buy a bottle of uh, the malt because loads of people asked us. So we're delighted to be able to do that. We can't accede to all requests. Cameron will still be on the podcast every time. So I know, we, they do try and remove us. We can't us. do it all. 
(laughs) (laughs) Okay, but I think that's everything for this first episode then of Stramash. Anything else that you want to add, gents, before we go? No, I think it's interesting that the news coming out, the Saints camp, Winston has rolled his ankle today. We'll see if it's any more serious. Don't think it's Dalton time quite yet in Caesar's Superdome, but that might come. I'm just glad that we're back. It's very nice to be looking forward to the NFL season uh, coming up again. I, I really I, I enjoy even this part when you get when you start to see training camp highlights, uh, the kind of dark days of May and June in the American football sense. Aside from those of you who might have watched the USFL, uh, are behind us and we're getting to some getting to some good football again. Speaking of the USFL, uh, the Chargers are signing first-team all-USFL center guard Cameron Hunt, per source, says Ian Rappaport. He played with the Denver and the Raiders, though, before going and playing for the Stallions, who won that, if you watched it. Good luck to you and well done if you managed to get through all those YouTube highlights. Um, But I think that's the first player that I've actively seen go from the USFL to the NFL. Uh, No, I think there's been a wide receiver and there's been a pass rusher. There's been a couple. Right, okay. Uh, also, you didn't mention that Justin Tucker has signed a new contract. Four-year extension that pays him $24 million. He's worth every penny. I'd double that, and he'd still be worth he's it. Great. He's great. I, I honestly, like, I, I'm pretty certain the last time they gave him a contract extension, they made him the highest-paid kicker in NFL history, and they've done it again this time. So, he's great. Just until he, until he falls off and starts missing kicks, just keep paying him. <laughs> Right, well, that's it. I think we'll call that done and dusted. We move on from the north. Next time we get together, let's look at the east. But until then, thank you for listening. Bye for now.